Wake up, world. You are now tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. We're here in the Pearl District in beautiful and hot, Who at is least hot. this week, Portland, Oregon. Hot. Yeah, it's hot, man. And obviously, Oregon's not known for being hot, but uh, today, I'm this week. I'm in the lab. Yeah, this week has been pretty hot, but I actually love it. I enjoy it. Gives me a little bit of a taste of home. But as y'all all here, I got D-Boy back in the lab with me today. What's going on, D-Boy? What's cracking? What's cracking, world? Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Let's get it. So, right away. Right away. Because we had some big things just happen in the NBA world. Kawhi Leonard has officially been traded wow. to the Toronto Raptors. Along with Danny Green. Yes, in man. return, the Spurs got DeMar DeRozan. Great pickup. And Jakob Poto, who I played in college. He, he's going he's gonna to be a legit player, I believe, professionally. I played against Jakob Poto in college. But, Sheesh, I didn't know that. Yeah, fact. yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. okay. But I just want to get straight to it, man. Who do you think won that trade? Um, I'm going to have to say the Spurs won that trade, um, especially if you think I can't pronounce Brad's name, but Jacopoto. Jacopoto. Yeah. Uh, if you see him being a promising, legit NBA player, along with DeMar DeRozan, who has proven to be an NBA all-star and great dominant force uh, while was, while he was in Toronto, I think the Spurs won uh, because Kawhi wasn't happy there. If right. you're not going to get the right. most out of a player and they're not happy, I just feel like uh, you winning by damn near getting anybody. Right. Getting somebody of DeMar DeRozan caliber is just great. So, yeah. who no, do you think? No, the Spurs definitely was on point. Uh, I think both teams actually came out victorious in this trade. And I um, felt that when I read it. After a lot of people are saying that, you know, Toronto took a loss because obviously their star is now gone. DeMar DeRozan, who put in a lot of time, put up big numbers, and had a lot of success with that Toronto Raptors team is all of a sudden traded out. So, you know, everybody is looking at the NBA from a business standpoint when it comes to how it's ran, and they're making a lot of comparisons to other incidents and happenings that have happened in the NBA. So I definitely think the Spurs hit with getting DeMar DeRozan in return for a talent like Kawhi Leonard. Which Kawhi Leonard could go be a star. Kawhi Leonard is a star. In Toronto, I'm saying. Kawhi's a star anywhere. Bonafide star. Kawhi's a star anywhere, and that's where I think Toronto actually has some success in making this trade because a lot of people are worried about Kawhi only being a one-year rental and saying that once this season is over, he's going to end up going to L.A. anyway. But what I truly believe about Kawhi Leonard is he is a bigger star in this league than DeMar DeRozan. And what I mean by that is I think Toronto maxed out with what they could do with the DeRozan and Lowry duo. duo. We've seen it enough times. We've seen it enough over times. You couldn't get over Sweet the hump. First LeBron or they five just games. got swept. Sweat. As yeah. a number one seed, home court advantage. I truly <laughs> believe that we saw the absolute best that the Toronto Raptors could and will ever be with that situation. With that situation. And we had enough time to see it. Yeah. In the case of Kawhi Leonard, he is top five in the league when it comes to being able to leave his team and make another team a contender. Two-way. Two-way. Best, probably really the best two-way player in the NBA. Mm. Hands down. Mm. Best two-way player in the NBA because he defends so well. Offensively, he's unstoppable. 
So ultimately what I'm getting at is you take a Kawhi Leonard who had major success in a Western Conference that we all know has been tough for years. Right. And you send him over to the Eastern Conference where you no longer have a LeBron James. I think Kawhi Leonard is now the best player in the entire conference. Sheesh. And that helps that that helps that helps Raptors team in a major way. He's mm. better than Giannis. He's better than Kyrie. He's better than when he's healthy, obviously, and we got a, a good enough sample size of him healthy. I don't know if he's better than Giannis. Oh, yeah, he's better than Giannis. I don't know. That, I don't he's know. better I'm than I'm not Giannis. playing that young shit, old shit, and the Ricky veteran. That, that's you know, all fine player. and dandy. That's all Giannis fine and dandy. If I, needed to, if I needed to win a championship in one year, he's the best in the East. If I needed to win a championship, if I needed to win a championship and I had one year to do it, the player that I'm going to elect to do it with now that Kawhi Leonard is in the Eastern Conference is Kawhi Leonard. And that's why I love this show because we can agree to disagree. I'm choosing him over Giannis, as I said. I'm choosing him over Kyrie Irving. I'm choosing him over the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. I'm choosing him uh, over everybody. mm, He is now the Paul George left that conference and he was already better than Paul George anyway, but Paul George is no longer over there. Kawhi Leonard is now the best player in the Eastern Conference. We'll take to Facebook uh, tonight, and we will be talking back and uh, chiming back in on this next week with some of the responses and things that we heard. Because I think out of our last two Facebook polls, we might be one and one right now. We might be tied. So. I might be up two. Okay, you might be. <laughs> might Are we be either one or one, or he might be up two. I one, might be but, up uh, two. We're going to see what this do. Cause and, we're and, definitely going to chime in on Facebook. And here's the thing. I think a lot of people remember Kawhi Leonard for what he's done this year. And I'm not a fan of what he did this year. Ultimately, uh, if you can play, go play. I'm not in my feelings. I, I'm talking you about can, overall. I think No, no, just, no, no. This is what I'm saying. I think a lot of people are in their feelings and mm-hmm. that's why they're going to bat they're going to bat for DeMar and they're basically saying the Raptors took the L in this situation because Kawhi isn't going to be there but for one year anyway because of the attitude that he displayed so, this season with the Spurs, and they think that's going to carry over and him wanting to continue doing what it is that he wants to do. So I'm interested to see you kind of counter what I said about uh, the fact that the Spurs won because Kawhi wasn't happy there, obviously, and they moved on from him and getting a superstar like DeMar um, the fact that DeMar basically put on his Insta story today that people ain't loyal, organizations ain't loyal, or something to that degree, and that um, you know he was basically misled into thinking he was going to stay in Toronto, obviously it's a sense of unhappiness with the trade within him. So knowing that, do you think that's something that he gets over quick and he will still be... You, you know what I mean? Like, he'll, does that offset it if he comes there and he's mad? Like, it's kind of like, okay. he'll He'll definitely get over it quick, and here's why. Okay. Here's why I believe that he'll get over it quick. Things can change in a matter of months, days, a year. Things could change drastically. I think DeMar knows that he's in a league where since the players have the freedom and are deciding and choosing – to leave and move and decide when they want to get out of where they are where they are at their leisure. I don't think this really should bother DeMar like that. I think it's a situation where he was vocal about wanting to stay in Toronto and that's all fine and dandy. But 
But I know in my, I know, I know in my, well, I believe in my heart of hearts. I don't know because I'm not DeMar DeRozan and I could absolutely be wrong, but I believe in my heart of hearts that there had to be a time or two or three where DeMar has thought about leaving Toronto after some of the underachieving happenings that has happened over this past four to five years. They should have been more successful and they had the tools to be more successful than they have been. And to and chime in on that, uh, I follow a rapper, Problem. I'm sure most of y'all uh, who listening heard of him, but uh, today he posted a picture of DeMar uh, wearing his Compton uniform and basically was saying how he talked to him two weeks after they got eliminated and like DeMar basically expressed that he was going to remain in Toronto, that that's what was communicated to him and that he really loved the organization and where he was at. So, um, under that post, I seen a lot of comments saying that he had the chance to go to LA two years ago and didn't, and that he don't love LA, his hometown, and this is his like revenge kind of. What? What is that even true that he had the opportunity to go there? It, and, it could be true, but the problem... What do you feel about those comments? It could be true, but the problem that I have with it is I guarantee you, and like I said, this is all speculating here, right? that DeMar DeRozan supports the freedom that NBA athletes have today, supports the mentality of a lot of these NBA athletes. Just because he isn't doing what some of them may have done and just because he left and had to leave by trade, I truly believe that Although he might have loved Toronto, he spent a lot of time in Toronto. Toronto has now been a part of his life. I truly believe that there is somewhat of an understanding there that the same way that these players can have a mentality to do what it is that they want to do, so these the owners and these organizations and these GMs have that same leisure. So and with that, you can't play both sides of the game. Like I said, I understand from a personal level, he's been there his whole career. So it's crazy it could be a connection there. But we can't sit here and be supportive of what these stars are doing and saying that the league is so good and the NBA is so good because athletes are choosing and deciding what they want to do and they're taking their power into their own hands and be mad when organizations and owners and GMs do the same. It's crazy you said that because within that same post comments uh somebody did say that it's like how are we gonna be mad and call the uh players disloyal when they leave whoop de whoop and then we basically bashing i mean like basically saying like it's just business when it comes to the organization it's right. the same thing so it's the same thing it's just the other side of the fence it's the other side of the right. fence it's so unfortunate it was a comment similar it, it, it's unfortunate and there's definitely families and people affected i've had friends who have gotten traded during free agency and i know how it affected people our circle and people yeah. close to them and people who i happen to be close to so it's definitely a real thing where that could change some things what if he just bought a house out there i don't know what but if he just invested in something out there i don't know to go back I to can't what we talked that. about a couple weeks ago though you're playing basketball for a lot of money and you know that this come with the game and that's if why i get shipped off i'm still living a luxurious happy lifestyle and providing for my family over doing something i love 
day in and day out. And that's keeping me healthy and fit. And that's so why, I really wouldn't be complaining. And Forget the loyalty and all that. I'm getting M's. And that's too. why I'm ultimately a firm believer that it's not having as much of an effect on him as, as might be putting in the public. Posts. Just based off those posts. Okay. Based off the 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 what these NBA players are able to do right now, the freedom that they're creating for themselves, amongst themselves, even the money they're making, which I think they deserve. I think they deserve all the money that they're getting. But I truly don't believe that there's that much of a disconnect between DeMar DeRozan and the direction that the league is going right now for me to think that he won't be able to bounce back for one or that he was that mad at what happened. He got a better chance there than... uh... But the, the cold part is, we ain't even talking about the cutty Danny Green. I like Danny Green. That's why. That's another hit for that's Toronto. That's why I think Toronto hit. They just got a shooter. Danny Green is a, a bona fide a, a shooter. A bona fide shooter. And the thing is, Toronto was not that good of a shooting team. Toronto, right. Toronto right. had a good system. Even I think Lowry, they were well I don't consider him a good shooter. Yeah, he, he can knock it down. He, he can knock it down, but. Who on that team, DeRozan, is known for being a mid-range shooter, but it's a 3 and D game right now. So even if you look at that team, I feel like a lot of the reason that they did underachieve is because, yeah, they were very athletic. They had good players out there. They had a good system, and that'll work during the regular season. But once you get into the playoffs, you got to be able to play with the way the game is going. And I just think that their style of play didn't necessarily fit what will ultimately win you championships in this day and age. So they've had a lot of regular season success, but I ultimately believe that because they're not that great of a shooting team, Danny Green is a huge asset over there. He's going to bring a championship mentality because he is a champion. And ultimately, I think the same for Kawhi. So Toronto, they they pretty much hit as well. But next, I want to go into uh, another discussion. And I thought it was pretty interesting, and it's inspired by somebody we've had here on this podcast before. But Jessica Luther, she wrote an article um, about Serena Williams. And if y'all haven't listened to the interview that we had here with Jessica Luther, when I tell you the content is fire, it is fire, I would recommend you to go back and listen to it. Uh, We talked a lot about, you know, sexual assault and sexual misconduct in the world of sports. And I think we had a really interesting conversation about it. But anywho, she came out with an article in defense of Serena Williams, hell of an athlete. Great. Of being the greatest athlete of all time. And I thought it was interesting. And the reason I thought it was interesting. In all sports? Serena Williams, the greatest athlete of all time. I thought it was interesting for this reason. While I don't agree that she's the greatest athlete of all time. I would pick Bo Jackson to be the greatest athlete of all time. He broke records in NFL combines. He was an all-star in two major sports. That's who I believe is the greatest athlete of all time because I ultimately put athleticism and what guys can do physically into that. Multiple ways. Yeah, I I define athletics more so or being an athlete more so from that spectrum, especially being somebody who grew up being a three-sport athlete, you grew up being a three-sport athlete. Right. I personally just have the outlook that that's what defines an athlete more so than somebody who dominated a particular sport. sport. I agree wholeheartedly. So I, I ultimately think Bo Jackson is the greatest. Now, or 
Deion Sanders in the mix too. He's definitely in the mix. Okay. He's in that conversation. But here's where I had to take a step back and go away from my own perception and try to read it from the lens of where Jess was writing it at. And that is the accomplishments and the dominance, as you mentioned, that of she- Serena Williams on and off of the tennis court. Right. Because I truly believe that Muhammad Ali, great fighter, not taken away from what he did as a fighter, but his prominence goes up to another level because of his influence outside of the sport or outside of those 36 minutes or so he was in the ring. That doesn't have to do with athleticism to me, though. When you're talking about an athlete, I'm talking about pure ability. Like, you could be a good person, you could be a great person, but that doesn't contribute to you being the greatest athlete of all time. I agree. Like I said, I'm picking Bo Jackson. But if I take myself out of it, and even now that I know what you look at athlete and define athlete as, if I do take myself out of it and just try and look at it from her lens, based on accomplishments accomplishments and influence... Her accomplishments and influence would definitely make her top five. I still don't know if I give her the best, but I will say this. She would be the only female in a top five conversation. Based on just influence and her pure dominance of her sport. Um, I would also include somebody like a LeBron. I think he's in there. Um, I would include somebody like a Floyd Mayweather. And it's although Floyd Mayweather has had a lot of things happen with him outside of the boxing ring. I think some of it has more... So It doesn't all have to do with politics. LeBron, I think, is one of those guys who is very political outside of his dominance. Muhammad Ali was another one of those guys who I think was. And I think in a lot of ways, Serena Williams is political, being an African-American woman alone, right. you know, being a woman in sports alone. And she's also been very, very influential in Compton. Her sister was killed there and... She donates heavily back to the hood and Compton and things of that sort. Mm -hmm. I do think it's political in her aspect, but I like even thinking about it from an angle of a Floyd Mayweather. We know him for all the money that he's made and being Floyd Money Mayweather. A Michael Jordan who's made political comments, but his comments that he made, he was actually trying to stay away from politics, but we often include Jordan's shoe sales and his influence and why he is the greatest athlete that we've seen. I've heard that in conversation. Yes, I have to. I've heard right. that in conversations. Just look right. at the shoe sales. Just look at that. So that influence definitely does matter. And I would put Serena top five in that but category. I think even the shoe sales, the shoe sales are still a direct correlation to his athletic ability. The jump man symbol, you know what I mean? Uh, just the feeling you get. It's the, it's the ultimate basketball shoe from the best player that but ever I, played I, a I, game, I do think arguably. They, I do think they go hand in hand, but you even think about it from a perspective like this. LeBron James. LeBron James just wore some Lakers shorts to the NBA Summer League. Let's and go there. $500. $500 a pair, and they sold out. Let's think about it from somebody like a Colin Kaepernick. When Colin Kaepernick became the face of all these NFL anthem protests, he had the number one selling jersey. So what I'm saying is I think they all definitely go hand in hand, but I do separate that from just the pure production on the court, even though the influence is there. I think what's happening and what you're doing outside of your sport has a major influence as well. And if we had to take it from that angle and – 
Jess did mention physical dominance. She just came back from having a baby. Um, she didn't end up winning, but she went to the finals. She, she, you know, she was having blood clots in her lungs. We've seen male athletes. We've seen Chris Bosh struggle with that and have to end his career early because of blood clots in your lungs. That's a big deal. And she's coming back and she's still elite getting in her sport, le- yeah, getting to sure. that level. So I understood what, what Jess was saying. And I think all of those points were very valid. It's just a bold statement. It's, it's a, a it's bold very, statement. Very, very arguable. <laughs> It's a bold statement, but like I, but but I will say, if I did have to just take it from the angle of pure athleticism, as we both did early on, I would have to say Bo Jackson's the guy. Gotcha. Bo Jackson's the guy. Um, let's take it your way, though, D Boy, because Pusha T, somebody who's been talked about heavily lately, but man, it's crazy how quick that noise is quieted down, huh? Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> That's why that noise is quieted down. Yeah, it but it was up till Kiki. It was up until Kiki, and I oh. haven't heard Pusha's T's name since. Mm. Fortunately, I actually read and I look into stuff. So this was a story that I did read on, and um, he's coming out. He's partnering up with the tech junkie. I forget his name, and I think he's partnering up with Dev Jam as well to release an app. And what the app allows its subscribers to do is it allows subscribers to play the role of A&R. And in playing the role of A&R, I would guess that he's going to put um, more so like underground music and music that isn't already popping. I mean, he can have the music that's popping on there as well, but he's going to put new music and he's going to try to help to discover artists in a way where they release music through this app. If you're a subscriber, you can rate it with a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Um, ultimately, if, if your if your ratings are pretty on point, if you're picking thumbs up on the right ones and you're picking thumbs down on the ones that are getting majority thumbs down ratings, then you can receive like a digital currency. And the digital currency is called crown. Now, once you start to receive that digital currency, you ultimately can turn that into money, into real money. And I think it's interesting because we're in a day and age right now where... The people play more of a role, I think, than ever in the success of a lot of these artists. But I don't quite know if that's necessarily the best for the game. But that's just what happened. What's happening with streaming, with streaming and social media, and everybody having an opinion, and everybody being able to have a platform or create a platform to have an opinion. I definitely think that can be appealing to the people that know that that's the way of the world right now. But as an artist, I want to know what you think about this happening and it possibly being able to take jobs away from real A&Rs and take away from hip-hop in ways that I might not even know because I don't rap. I mean, honestly, my only opinion on it is that I'm anxious to see how they can execute a proper, effective structure for this because at the end of the day, it's a lot of opinionated people right now who th- who have the platform, whether it's through Instagram or whatever line of social media that they choose, but it's a lot of influence right now, and I just don't see them being able to keep track and pay everybody who's necessarily right. You know, it's just... I'm, I need to know a little bit more detail. Well, I think that exactly comes with how. subscriptions. With subscriptions. And, like, and you're like not going to be able to pay out. And if we're being honest, you and I both know 
you don't make a whole hell of a lot of money off streaming unless you're just streaming millions out of this world. Correct, correct. I mean, you got to definitely be doing numbers. The, the, gotta it's be not doing even some crazy numbers. a penny on a dollar it, when it, it comes it, to per stream basis. Exactly. But, um, I mean, I think it helps because it's only going to increase the number of streams. People are going to be more assertive to make the right assumption or catch music before it blows up. As you mentioned earlier, it might be some mainstream stuff on there. Right. But if you ahead of the curve and getting this stuff first and foremost before we hear it a hundred times a day on the radio, it's like people going to run even harder to go stream than they were before. So as an artist, I like the idea because it's helping artists get more money if it becomes a hot commodity and a popular thing to right. do. I mean, I'm not an A&R. I don't know what A&Rs make, so I'm not really concerned with A&Rs lose their job because it's still coming down to the same common denominator, where it's a, whether it's an A&R feeling like a song is a hit or it's the people choosing, the people is who hold the weight. If an A&R think a song is a hit and the people don't vibe to it or cling to it, it don't matter anyway. The people end up having a decision in the long run, regardless. But that's, so I like putting I, it in their hands. I, I like that, and and I respect it from um from kind of the perspective of a creative. But one thing that I've talked to you about quite often, and one thing that I hear quite often is that when it comes to the hip hop game or the rap game or the music game, you need a team. So I think an A&R is a huge part of a team. Where does that come into play? Where since we're trying to do everything through A&R social media and more through of a, apps, does it affect us team. not having a team? A and R is more of a team for the label, though, not for the artist. If you think about it, a and R is basically like how I always view the A and R is like a baseball scout or right. an athletic scout. Like they're going and seeing talent that hasn't you know, risen all the way up to the major platform or, you know, something that you see some promise in or what they call, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If you have potential. Right. So the A&R is more so for the label. They're going out and seeking talent, seeing who's already doing numbers and what sound they like and what style they like and looking at it and like, yeah, we could take him from good to great. We could take him from no money to more money. You feel me? But an A&R, I feel like as an artist, is not the key part of an artist team. The producer, the manager, you feel me? Promoters and blog, you know, relationships and playlists now. We talking about streaming. Those type of things are more important to me. And A&Rs don't do that. But my thing is this. Although streaming allows you to put your content out there in whatever ways that you want to, and I'm, I'm a fan of the streaming world. Obviously, this what we're doing right now is a part of the streaming world. In the world of music, where it's definitely a high population of artists out there, if those jobs are ultimately being taken away and there's no A&Rs to go out and find the talent or go out and you know put a talent that may not have a particular situation into a better situation to where ultimately their talent is being put out there in a way that it probably deserves to be, but they just couldn't do that for themselves. Does that not affect your mentality as an artist? And I'm more so questioning it because I'm not one. 
the reason I'm telling you no is because if we would have asked this question 10 years ago, then I'd be like, hell yeah, probably, you feel me? But the fact that I know today, not very many people are solely signed based off of potential. And what I mean by that is the majority of the people who's getting a major label backing from an A&R's uh, you know, find or whatever is they already doing numbers. The artists I'm talking about. Right. They already doing numbers. So it's like So you saying that the, like a- the a- ARs are already victim the a- to the to the, the streaming a- industry it, anyway. It's like yeah, you go the ANR is going to look at somebody who already got yeah, a whole hell of a lot of numbers already. You I feel get me? What so saying. it's like in that regards, it's like if it was ten years ago where it's like we ain't even talking like if you just go like it's been an ARs in the lab with me and they literally will go I'll be playing some stuff back that we going over or putting together a track list in the A and R'll be like, Who is this? Like, this you? I'm like, Yeah, this me. Literally, take me out the studio, have a conversation and say, How many followers you got? Yeah. That's the first thing they think about. Right, so it's not right. like ten years ago where it's like this dude is talented. We like his style. We can make him a star. Boom. Yeah. It's like, I get what so you're you get what I mean? So from an independent standpoint, it's like, you got to be popping anyway. And by the time you're doing them numbers, the label going to hear about you, A&R or not. Right. You feel me? I get what you're saying. I, I definitely get what you're saying. Basically, you're saying that A&Rs are already victim to the streaming game as well. So their job kind of isn't as important. It's still an important job. It still can help some people. Right. But on a grand scheme of things, it isn't as important because it's not as needed, they're victim to, stream, yeah. to the streaming world and they're not really offering you anything different yeah. that the streaming world can't offer you exactly. anyway. Exactly. They're not coming. They're not like the baseball scouts that's coming to the hood to Vallejo to watch you play a baseball game because right. there's one dude out there who got potential. Right. You feel me? They like, you got to be doing numbers already and already have a ability to make money on your own before they come like I said, take it from good to great. So that's that's just my opinion on it. I don't think it's hurting the artist at all because you still got to self-create your buzz anyway. That's how so many people going viral. Right. And you know what I mean? It's all that same thing. Like, you're going to be heard about regardless. I don't think the A&R is that important. Right. I respect it. I respect it. Um, next, I want to take it back to sports a little bit because I got a bone to pick with you. I mentioned this to you earlier today. Oh, shit. Because we had a discussion last week and you made comment about NBA players, and we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier in this episode. You made a comment about NBA players getting paid too much, and I yes. wholeheartedly disagree. And you still so, do? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I need to understand where it is that you're coming from when you're talking about these NBA players making too much money these days because I'm still befuddled. I thought I made myself clear last week, but to re, um, you know, to re-justify what I was saying, basically, the amount of money that these players are getting paid, for example, the DeMar DeRozan situation today, I literally think, and you kind of agree with it to a certain, maybe not from this aspect, but... I don't think DeMar DeRozan got no room to be mad about getting traded with the amount of money that he, and I don't think that's being 
ran or feeling like you like none of that kind of stuff because i hear that too like just because they make this money don't mean you can get treated any old kind of that's you know coming into it that's a part of the business this is a part of the business and little ass jobs like t-mobile i didn't seen it firsthand working in retail like oh we got a better performer coming in that just transferred into the district and you basically you you finna move to a different store you gonna move to a mid volume store because we need this top performer to come take over at this flagship high volume store. Right. So when you're making millions of dollars to play the game that you've been loving since you was a kid, that's usually the story. I don't think it's no room for complaining. And I think it's plenty more people that's hungry, and it's plenty more people that can put on a show, and it's plenty more people that can do that without complaining about something that you know come with the territory. I think there's plenty more that can be done with that kind of money if you are going to be complaining about certain shit. So that's where I come from with it. Well, first off, I mean, while we do talk about money and things of that sort, uh, I try to, and sometimes I'm guilty of it, so I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm perfect in this rhetoric, but I try to not tell somebody else what it is and what they what it is that they can't do with their money. And Don't not. get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm guilty of it, too. I'm not sitting here and saying that I'm perfect and that I never do it. But I try to be as cognizant as I possibly can to not do it. Right. But here are some reasons why I do think that the NBA players deserve to get paid as much as they are getting paid. For one, to make it to the NBA is just as hard as it is to go to hit the lotto. Really harder than, than it is to hit the lotto. So thinking about it from that perspective of, alone... I will never tell somebody who wins the lotto that they don't deserve that money. I'm but, just not going to do it, I especially think, because these NBA players actually have worked but, for the amount of money that I they're think getting. That, I think that's a, for one, but, I keep going, but I'm just saying, I think that's just a statement that have been thrown around since the beginning of the time. I don't think it's true. Let me keep going. Next. Yes, NBA players make a lot of money, for sure. I'm not saying that they don't. But let's not act like it's the majority of them getting the big bucks because it's not. It's the stars and the superstars and the players that actually no, get an opportunity are, a lot of them to play. Big bucks. Uh, guys are getting paid big bucks, but believe me when I say, believe me, but believe bucks. me when I say that there are a whole lot more guys out there that make it through that NBA circuit or get to the NBA or get drafted or play in the G League that's not getting the big bucks that can have them set for a lifetime than that is. A whole lot more. And I know that for a fact. There's a whole lot of guys out there that are not being able to get that payday to be able to take care of their families forever than that are. Another thing, the influence of the game in the sport of basketball, it's a commodity. I can't tell an artist that he's making too much money because he has the influence on the world or the amount of people that are attracted to come and watching him perform and do what he does. I can't do that. So that in itself is a reason why I think they're don't they're not getting paid too much. I thought it was interesting because Todd Gurley, one of the best running backs in the NFL, if not the best right now today, he came out recently a few days ago, basically kind of saying that he was jealous that these NBA players were making so much more money than the NFL players. But you know what? If he was getting all that money, he would take it. And he deserves point. it. Divine, that's and he not des- the point. It is Listen, the point. No, that's not the point. It's the point. The they point need is, to be making more money the in the NFL. Is what I've been saying forever, of course you're going to take the more money, 
They deserve more money playing NFL because of the risk within the game, because of what their bodies are enduring and going through. Even though it's a shorter season and blah, 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 the amount of risk in football deserves more money than, like I said, I feel like basketball is a finesse sport. Yeah, you might do some, you know, unfortunate stuff and tweak an ankle or, you know, hurt a leg. But for the most part, it's that's about the extent of your injury, which, yeah, it could be some back or some but, leg injuries. But football is a whole different ball game. But and they, they should be getting paid more. more. They do I'm deserve saying. more money. That's but what point. I'm saying is that doesn't mean the NBA doesn't deserve more money. Yeah, and I also and, and if this is another and if we take it to another place, I truly believe that basketball players, and I'm biasing this and saying this, but I truly believe that basketball players as a whole are better athletes than football players anyway. And that's taking it to another level. I I am biased, but I believe it, and I quite frankly think you do too. But even with that being said, and these players, and and let's not act like... I I, I talked to to one of my professors, and he he did an interview with Marcus Camby a long time ago. And one thing that was very interesting about what Marcus Canby said, they were talking about foundations and these players giving back. And one thing that Marcus Canby said in that interview, he said, man, everybody has a foundation that's in the league. Everybody does, whether it be big or small, everybody's giving back in the league. So with that being said, I find it very interesting because these players are actually making the money and they're really doing the right thing with the money, especially if they can afford to do it. Obviously, some players are getting paid more than others, but those are the players that are able to make the bigger donations. And the fact that, like I said, basketball is such a commodity and you have these billionaires in the world that are deciding to invest in these sports because people are interested in these sports and these athletes are elite to an extent that no other athletes are in the world, these billionaires ain't investing in this to not make money. They're getting overpaid, Cuddy. They're not investing in this to not make money. They're investing in it because these guys are that good. And obviously, there's some downside to what they do, but it's a lot more upsides. We put in a lot of work to be able to travel and go to these different vacations that they can do on a full off season whenever they want as well but as we also dream state state, we also city, dream and wish that we were doing what they were doing and that we had the ability to do what they're doing quite frankly we don't whether it's because we're just not talented enough whether it's because we're not a seven footer or whether it's because we made some decisions along the way that didn't get us to that point there's a lot of guys you hear stories all the time about guys man I should have stuck with this or man I yeah. should have stuck with that it's not that simple it's I not that easy that, but what I'm saying is they're doing they're doing what is particularly it's not an easy job to make it there but once you make it there it's like the kind of money that they're getting paid some of these guys is just ridiculous it's ridiculous and to have way. the room to complain about something you know that comes with the game I like, got a question crazy. for you because we talked about this as well. You were one of the people that told me that basketball is in the best place today that it's ever been. These guys are the most talented and they're the best players sure. that we've seen in any era. Sure. You said that to me. I believe it. So if that's the case, why would we think that why would we have the mindset that a lot of these guys are being overpaid 
and are getting money that they don't deserve instead of thinking, oh, these guys are getting paid more money because they're actually getting better. If the product is better, then it can be worth more money. Why do we have the mentality that the product is So what? what? Uh -uh. Everybody's watching. Everybody's into it. It's not a good point. It's a great point because (laughs) they're getting the money and the league and these owners can afford to pay these guys. These guys are getting the money. And as I mentioned, the probability probability of getting there is slim to none. Like I mentioned, hitting the lotto. What will make you super rich? It's slim to none. So with it being slim to none, it's it's not better than the lotto. It's not better than the lotto. I'm going to ask Facebook that too. Go ahead. Go your ahead. chances to make it in it's NBA not. easier than make winning it's the lotto? It's not at all. Oh, that's it's a not great at all. question. It's oh. not at all. I'm going to ask right now. Than, go ahead and ask. It's not better than hitting the lotto. It's just as hard to make it to the NBA. Guys, don't just make it to the NBA. We grew up in an area where we're fortunate enough to know a lot of guys that had a lot of success in sports, but that's not just a common thing across the world. It's not common at all. The probability is slim to none to be able to get there. We're going to see what the people say. Absolutely. It's all good. But we're going to end it on that note. And like I said, I disagree wholeheartedly. I think these guys deserve exactly what they're getting paid. They're getting paid a significant amount of money. They're the few people that are able to do and perform in ways that nobody else in this entire world can. I think basketball has become the greatest sport in America. So let me tell it. These guys deserve it. They're earning it. They're getting it. The product is continuing to get better. So keep getting paid, fellas. That's your opinion. I got mine. <laughs> it's all good. That's but why we, we gonna... wake up and win. Either way, get your money, get your bag, you feel me, and do what you do. Exactly. But on that note, we're going to leave it the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go win.